He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You now listening live to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios. Miracle Mile. I'm in here with our great, phenomenal, and always effervescent co-host, Greg Biggin. GB, what up? It's good to be back in the building. Yeah, man. I feel like I haven't been in here in a long, it's been like one week. It's, but we missed it, you. Did we do the show at your place two weeks ago? Yes. So it's been three weeks for it's me. It's been three weeks. So it for has you. been a long time. It I almost has. forgot how to get here, except you were driving, so I was good. No, you're good, man. It's good it's to have good you to be back. here. Absolutely. No doubt. So we're back in the building, baby. It's the transparent truth, and we got some announcements to make towards the end of the show. You're not gonna want to miss that. But before we get into that, we're gonna get to some recruiting and we're gonna recap our first early national signing day. It just happened this past week. A couple of shockers. We also got a new sleeper of the week. We can call it a sleeper of the year, GB. I think so. I absolutely think so. Big time guy. Sleeper of the year coming up real soon. And then we're going to close this baby out. But without further ado. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. GB's got a ton of recruiting and recap news from last week's early signing period. Greg Biggins, Goat Biggins, handle your business. You know, it was, uh, and feel free to chime in anytime you want. Sure. It, it was interesting for me because I had said multiple times I wasn't a huge fan of an early signing period, at least the way it was currently set up in December. I thought maybe, you know, late summertime would have been more appropriate. You have seven weeks between the early and the late. Just doesn't make a lot of sense for me, right? Right. A lot of pressure on kids to sign now or maybe lose their spots. College coaches are scrambling. Some guys are doing bowl games. Oregon couldn't even host kids on that last weekend before the early period because they had a bowl game to prepare for. So I just didn't think that think the timing was right. I didn't think that many people would sign. Almost 80% yeah. of committed players signed. So I was way off my numbers. I thought maybe 60%. But you mentioned a couple surprises. Um, I thought Jaden would be going to Florida State. Yeah. Um, it, it was... Kind of a remarkable story in the sense that Florida State offered the previous Tuesday. He took his official visit on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Actually, he visited USC that same weekend and did them Friday-ish to Saturday-ish and just took off from USC, went straight to FSU, took that visit, and then went ahead and signed a week and one day after getting that offer. You know, he was. I think we all forget he was actually an Ohio State commit for this whole entire time. It seemed so long. It seemed ago. like it was always going to be. For, yeah. I thought USC for sure. I think a lot of people thought USC, but FSU was the uh, the dream school. He said he wanted to play as a true freshman, and he believes he has that opportunity at Florida State. Interesting. I know last week you said you would not be shocked if he chose Florida State. Therefore, you were not shocked. But what do you think about the decision itself and moving forward? What kind of success and how soon can he have it at FSU? Well, I think it starts with a, with a mind frame, with a mind state. Jaden is a guy who's supremely confident in his abilities. And choosing FSU where he has openly expressed was his dream school and his dream offer. Taking a trip, hanging out with Willie Taggart and, and, and with the Seminole players and family. 
Apparently, he felt like, hey, there's an opportunity here for me early. There's space for me to come in and contribute right away. Um, going cross-country to school is never easy from an athletic standpoint, especially to the state of Florida, or from a social standpoint. But Jaden is, is, is very, very capable of coming in there and competing early. Um, they've got a lot of really great players down in the state of Florida. He's going to have to be in tip-top shape and at the top of his game to come in and contribute. But my hat is off to him for believing in himself and really following his heart and his passion to go be a Seminole. It's going to be very interesting to see how he fits in down there and if he has the juice to get on the field as a freshman. Uh, you know, the guys in the state of Florida, they don't play around when it comes to football. So, Jaden Wilby's going to have to be uh, hit his best version of himself to get on the field anytime soon. Yeah, you know, one thing you mentioned that we should probably even hit on even more is he took the path less traveled, right? We talked about Jack Lamb when he came on the show, or we actually went to his place yeah. to, to do it. And we kind of said, you know, what was the reason why he took another day? Because, you know, it was the hard, that was the hard route. He wanted to do the challenging route, he wanted to do what was difficult. No. And I think Jaden definitely took the difficult route. This was the easiest thing would have been to stay close to home. Yeah. Dad went to USC. He knows the whole entire staff. He knows the whole entire recruiting class. He knows everything about USC. And he still knowing all that, he still made the difficult choice to go across the country and go to FSU. Yeah. He doesn't really know anybody. New head coach who we obviously he knows from from the year at, at Oregon, Willie Taggart. But still, man, he chose a really difficult option. You go to a school like Florida State, and typically you go to a school like Florida State, Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame. Not scratch Notre Dame, but those schools typically will lean toward the players in that region. Sure. For the simple reason of they want to keep those high school coaches that they recruit. They recruit Florida, right, more than any other area. So if it's between Jaden and another player who's at a high school, say St. Thomas Aquinas, and they want to get... 10 guys from that school over the next two years over the next two or three years I mean I know that was the reason why one of the one of the reasons why Darnay Holmes ended up signing with UCLA over Ohio State because they knew shoot if if I go to Ohio State it's between me and this kid and this kid's got a legacy of players that go to Ohio State sure and you know who are they going to want to keep happy this high school over here or Calabasas High School out in Southern California there's a little bit of truth to that it's not always the best guy that's going to play Right? Right. It's not always a level play. So Jaden's going to have to not just be good, he's got to be significantly better to get some early playing time and, and make an impact and, and beat out those guys. So I'll tell you what, man, those Florida guys, they don't always love kids from California. No. We're not really well loved. And this is from someone who traveled for 15 years doing Nike camps. When you say, hey, I'm from California, man, there's an immediate competitive edge. Oh, California, you guys are soft. No question. I had so many kids telling me that, oh, you guys are soft out there. That's the immediate reaction. So... When Jaden comes in there and he's going to be walking around, uh, hopefully Jaden doesn't come in there thinking, hey, I'm a five-star. They're going to be, like, just thrilled I'm here. Oh, no. They'll eat your life. They will. They are not happy you're there. Yeah. They're going to compete their butt off, and they're going to hopefully try to, to send you back home packing. So, Jaden, I'm rooting for you, man. Good luck to you. Be very competitive and just know that those guys, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be war every single day in practice. Every single day is going to yeah. be war. You're going to have to earn those guys' respect. There's no doubt about it. What about JT Daniels? Got to throw this one in in the mix yeah. of, a, of a 2019 kid who is now reclassified 2018. Obviously, there were rumors for months about this. And we knew it was probably going to happen. Um, 
had a chance to talk to not only coach, you know, Marty always does things right. They do things, you know, they're so buttoned up. I got on a conference call with not just the Daniels family, but Coach Rollinson and the president of the whole entire school, Pat Murphy at Modern Day. And I didn't was me and Steve Fryer from the OC Register, and we just kind of wanted to have the story ready to go. And, and uh, you know, a lot of grown men out there on, on Twitter were kind of acting like, you know, I have three girls. I'm not, you know, anti-girl at all. I love my girls. But there was a lot of grown men kind of acting like my eight-year-old girl. Really? Uh, I'll be honest. A lot of grown men had their feelings hurt because for the last weeks to months when people asked Jade you know asked JT hey so are you coming out he had to basically say yeah I'm coming back he wasn't allowed to say yeah I'm gonna leave early he had to protect his he decision. had to well the, the deal what the president actually told me this until first semester grades were in which happened last Thursday they were not allowed to say anything because if there was something wrong with his first semester grades, this whole thing would have been off. Yeah. So JT's a 4.0 student. So they were very sure this was going to be a done deal, but it wasn't a done deal until Thursday. Yeah. Uh, the day after signing day, which was Wednesday, Friday, the story came out and there was a lot of just upset people who cover, you know, high school football that were just bitter about this because, well, JT told me that he was coming back. I mean, have you ever covered or seen an NFL draft, a Major League Baseball trade deadline? Have you ever seen maybe a general manager? Hey, are you going to trade for so-and-so? Of course not. Hey, you guys going to draft so-and-so? No, we're not. And then what happens the next day? They draft that guy? They draft so-and-so. Of course. So why are we holding these little 17? By the way, JT is 17. So just some of the missed numbers are out there. Oh, JT is 20. He wouldn't have been eligible to play football next year. He would have been because last I checked, if you play 17, 18-year-old, you can still play high school football. Yeah. That's just people kind of being dumb. But uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised at just some of the reaction on Twitter by grown men who cover sports. Not your typical Twitter trolls. Yeah. Who just like to be stupid. Yeah. But like, man, grown men. But anyway, so we talked a lot about JT. And we said, you know, this guy's ready to go compete. No question. He's got 40 years, 40 years, 40 games of experience as a varsity starter in the toughest league in the country right so not a whole lot left to do you know not a whole lot left to to really improve upon and i think they truly believe hey you know what we're ready if sam comes out great if sam stays great jt's feeling with you know i'm just ready for a new challenge and if whether sam stays or not i'm I'm ready for the new challenge of of college what do you think about his decision and uh hypothetically if sam I say Sam, Sam Darnold, if Sam does leave, sure. him, Matt Fink, Jack Sears, how do you think JT gets in that rotation? Can he win the job? Is it a good idea if he wins it? Should he redshirt? What do you think about it, that whole situation? Well, first off, his decision, I thought, was perfectly appropriate for um, the situation, right? JT is a guy who's kind of dominated high school over the last two years, really dominated on a national scale this year. Uh, Modern Day with a really tough schedule this year, and they just ran right through it, and he was spectacular. So in terms of his decision to reclassify, go a year early, I support that. I think he is ready. I don't think there is much for him left to do at the high school level. And in terms of his ability to come in and compete, if again, if Sam Darnold is there, JT's got a chance to be tutored, Watch and learn what it like what it's like to be the man at USC at the quarterback position under that tremendous spotlight that Sam Darnold is under. If Sam Darnold leaves, you got a guy like Jack Sears who's there, who's a good football mm-hmm. player. I don't want to take him yeah. the state champion. Yeah. Uh, also, Matt Fangle from uh, Glendora High School, who's also very capable. But I think JT, um, in terms of fit for the offense, 
in terms of skill set and talent level and leadership, I think um, he'd be the guy that SC would go with when his true freshman year of Sam Darnold isn't there. So I think it's a great decision for him to leave earlier. There's nothing else to do with Meyer Day. You've already won Gatorade, State Player of the Year twice, National Player of the Year once, a national championship. There's nothing else to do. It's time to move on, challenge yourself at the next level. USC has got a great crop of receivers waiting for him to get the ball to. And then the competition there is good, but it ain't great, GB. It's not great. I don't see anybody special waiting in the wings. JT Daniels ready to step in and take over the controls there at Southern California. No, I agree. I, I, I'm still a I'm still a Jack Sears fan. I kind of expected him to come in there and wrestle that number two job away and, and be the guy. That didn't happen yet. Hopefully, Jack still has a chance to do some of those things. But uh, no, like, like you said, I think the only thing that maybe hurts JT a little bit is that he won't be there for spring ball. You know, he's got a loaded spring semester. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he said he's got like two government classes, uh, government and econ. He's got two English classes. Yeah. Marty McCarr is four years of religion. So he has two religion classes. I mean, he's got a full load, so he will not be there until the fall. But yeah, he's got a great chance, and and like we said about uh, about Jaden Woodby, and like we said about Jack Lamb, and what you've kind of preached all year, man. Test yourself. Like take the path that's not always easy, yeah. right? Challenge yourself. Adversity. Absolutely. That's what makes you stronger, right? Adversity. We talked about that earlier. Absolutely. And one thing I like to add, JT. We've heard for years now how bright JT is. Not only as a four point student, but as a football mm-hmm. mind. And and you're taking this from a football guy. When you've got a terrific football mind, Greg, it is not difficult to acclimate to a new system. It really isn't. Now, I know he won't be there for spring ball, but if you get him there in the summertime, guys with great football minds, they have a terrific ability to adapt, adjust, refocus, refocus excuse me, and calculate all the reads, mm-hmm. the protections. I'm telling you, that stuff comes relatively easy for guys who are come from that football background. You know, I, I kind of compared him to Jason Kidd in terms of a point guard who just seems to be two or three plays ahead. That's a great comparison. And, and JT will be there for spring ball. He's not going to be able, not be in Rome. He'll be at every spring practice, I sure. should say. No question. He'll have the playbook. He'll be in so the meeting rooms. He'll be in the meeting, so he'll yeah. be able to do all that. So, And honestly, I even told his dad, like, Tad, the dad this. I go, as great a year as he had, there were some games, even in a state title game against Data Sal, he almost looked bored. He also, it, it was too casual for him. Too easy. And he's like, Dad was like, do you know, 100%. He's like, what would next year have been like? You know, how does he come back? You know, last year the talk was, oh, he can't move. You know, this year he kind of answered that. Yeah. Like every little thing he does negatively is going to just be blown up because you got to find something to, to, to be negative about, right? And that's yeah. just, just kind of common sense. You got to find something to nitpick about. So next year it just would have been every pass would have been scrutinized and just kind of like, what do you, you know, what do you do? Sure. Stay for another year. So yeah, I, I, I'm happy for him. I think it's going to be great and a lot of fun to see. See, it kind of starts a new trend. Right, this is the third time that I, I know of this has happened. I know there was a guy at South Carolina who's uh, who did this like three, four years ago. His name's escaping me. I know James Cook just did this out at Miami Central. Oh, did he? Right, oh, yeah, year. James Cook. Yeah, dang. He uh, he started. He was a junior, but he's reclassified as a senior now. So yeah, no, but he was John David Booty did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple of more quarterbacks. It was interesting. Zach Wilson didn't sign on signing day. Cal offered late. Oregon State offered late. We thought he might actually j- take a visit in January to Cal, but he did go ahead and sign with BYU. So that's huge for the yeah. Cougs. Really big for the Cougs. They needed a quarterback, and I think Zach's really good. And uh, the reason why the Cal had that late offer was because J.T. Shrout 
took that late visit to, to Tennessee, Tennessee, and he went ahead and jumped on that. He went, ahead and, he went ahead and signed <laughs> with Tennessee. So Tennessee came out west, and they just offered a ton of people. Florida as well. Yeah. But how about JT Shroud coming from, you know, a kid who didn't play as a junior, kind of bide this time, ha- had a solid senior year, not a great touchdown interception ratio for for, uh, for JT Shroud, but a lot of talent. Yeah. Here's from Tennessee the week before, maybe two weeks before signing day, takes that last visit and jumps on it. That was interesting. That That's very interesting, Greg. And, and you, you touched on this earlier. Going across country to go play, competing in a, in a quarterback room with a bunch of guys from that region is very, very tricky. You better you better be on your P's and Q's, but I like JT Shroud. He's a big, strong, righty Greg with an explosive arm. Reads the field really well. He's an accurate passer to all three levels. I like him, but do you leave your commitment where Cal needs a quarterback and they're, you know, four or five hours away from your hometown to go, you know, 3,000 miles away? It's it's a little tough for me. I don't know, but hey, guys got to do what a guy's got to do. Yeah, path at least. You know, he took the challenging path for sure. Yeah. Uh, So Cal also lost a tough one here. Big nose guard, Antonio Maffi from San Mateo High School, or excuse me, Sarah High School up in San San Mateo, Northern California. He flipped on signing day from Cal to UCLA. Right. Big old 6'4", 6'3". It's a huge, massive 330-pound nose guard. And UCLA took a risk because they dropped Aaron Maldonado the day before. Right. Which I thought was a mistake, personally. They want to go 3-4. I don't think they felt Aaron was big enough, bulk enough. He's yeah. Aaron's about 270, 275. Yeah. He was 290 as a freshman, so Maldonado can, can get up there. Right. But they didn't have anybody else. I thought was, okay, even if you get Mafi, you need more guys yeah, sure. than just one. And if Maldonado's 300 pounds, maybe it's not ideal for your nose guard, but the guy's a heck of a football player. Right. So they basically said, hey, you know, you won't play in the system. Aaron kind of was forced to decommit. They did get Moffey because yeah. if they lose Moffey, now you're 0 for 2. And then ironically, Maldonado went ahead and signed with Cal. Yeah. So basically it was a trade. It was a trade. I think Aaron's going to fit well. I really hope Aaron has a great year. Not because I'm trying to spite you still. I just I hope Aaron has a great career at Cal because I like him a lot as a kid and as a football player. And, but uh no, you still got their got their nose guard. They wanted to get a 300 plus guy. Yeah. Cal gets an athletic playmaker who had a huge year. I talked to guys at Bosco and Modern Day and and uh, other schools. They all said Maldonado was the best D tackle they played against all year. The best interior nose guard they played against all year. So the guy can play for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's big. He's quick. He's aggressive. He's flexible. Uh, he can get after the passer. He can stop the run. He can defeat double teams. So I, I'll take that guy on my team any day of the week. Um, unfortunate that you know he didn't fit in UCLA's defense, but everything happens for a reason. Guaranteed, he's going to go up to Berkeley, have a terrific career, get a great education. You might see this guy in the NFL one day, Greg. He's going to have a major chip on his shoulder. I guarantee you, every time they line up against oh, UCLA, you man, kidding me? he is going to be out. No out doubt for some about blood. it. But Mafi, uh, you know, a big nose guard yeah. in that three-four system, yeah. so. Uh, you know, hey. He like, fits, no yeah. doubt. My question wasn't, you know, why take Moffy, it was when I take both. Yeah. That was my, my only question was. I don't I don't think they I don't think they saw Maldonado as a as a zero tech yeah. in that nose, and I don't think they see him as a kind of a DN, three four DN playing yeah. that five yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, you gotta get guys to fit your system. Yeah. I would just think you don't have anybody else there. 
You know what? I, so I, isn't Maldonado better than nobody? Well, well the word is <laughs> they're recruiting hard a, a, a JC defensive tackle to come in and kind of be a part of the rotation. Yeah? Yeah. That's the rumor, huh? Yep. That's the scoop. How about Malik McLean? Long-time UCLA commit. Yep. He flipped on, I think it was, was it signing day? All these days kind of get mixed up for me. He, that had been rumored for such a long time. But right. I think it might have been, he might have flipped the day... Yeah, it was, it was signing day. I believe signing he went ahead and signed, yeah, when he yeah, went ahead and signed with USC. That was his announcement. So, tough. Again, I think that was that was sort of system fit for Malik. He felt he fit USC's system a little bit better. Bit of a trade-off, He'll too, be playing, there. Yeah, him and Bo Calvert. Yeah. Malik would be playing outside linebacker. I think they uh, called that predator position at USC. So, huge pickup for USC. He was one of the better defensive end pass rushers that we saw this past year. I'd, I'd say he was the best pass rusher yeah. I saw this past year. I mean, he, he's he got great size. He's explosive. He's athletic. Uh, he's relentless getting after quarterback. He's shifty. Got tremendous agility and change of direction. Malik McClain is a big-time edge rusher and playmaker. Fits any system really well, but mainly a 3-4 system as a Kind of a weak side outside linebacker. He's going to get after the passer like, uh, I, I can't, what's the guy's name from SC number 42? Oh, is that in, in Moku? Nwosu from Narbonne? In Mosu, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely built out of that mold. So, good pickup for the Trojans. Great decision by McClain. Uh, kind of a trade off with Bo Calvert. Yeah, yeah. Then on Friday, you had Braden Lindsay, who was a longtime Oregon commit. Yeah. Originally, Notre Dame commit, flipped to Oregon in June. And then decommitted after Willie Taggart left, and he went ahead and signed with Notre Dame on yeah. a Friday. So he kind of went back full circle. The Washington Huskies beat out Notre Dame uh, for Kyler Gordon out of Everett, Washington. Outstanding two-way player. Oh, yeah. He'll play, uh, he can play multiple spots for the Huskies, but nice job for the Huskies to get Kyler Gordon. Still a ton of talent on the board, Coach Keith. Listen to some of these guys that are still on the board. So here's an interesting one. So Talanoa Hufanga. Yeah. So, you know, USC lost Woodby. Don't feel too bad for them. Because right now, Talanoa Hufanga, I believe, is going to be announcing publicly this week. The rumor is he's already signed. Hasn't been announced yet, but he's already signed with USC. I can imagine. Just waiting for it to. He's got a, a nice little announcement coming. So, obviously, Oregon badly wanted him. Uh, UCLA made a late push. This is a guy who... Uh, Everybody wanted. I mean, yeah. this is a, an elite, really good football elite player. Kid, yeah. I mean, you can make an argument number one safety in the country. So, USC again, tough to lose Jaden, but you go and rebound with a guy who goes by the name Talanoa Hufanga. You're still doing pretty dang good. That's yeah. not a bad. That's not a bad option right there. I mean, not even calling a backup. That's like that's a no number one. No. I would argue, say he's probably the top safety in the nation. Saw this guy on tape, saw him at the opening. He can do everything, Greg. He can run the alley and hit. He can cover the field sideline to sideline as a high free safety. He can come down in the box and fit in a run game. He can cover one-on-one versus slots and tight ends. The kid is athletic. He's got size. He's got length. And he's got very, very high football IQ. Talanoa Hufenga, we talked about him all year on the show. He's a big-time player. And, you know, a, a ton of Polynesian kids are going to SC mm-hmm. as of late. If Johnny the, Nansen over there, the Polynesian whisperer. There you go. If the rumors <laughs> are true, Greg, I see a total fit into that Trojan locker room for Talanoa Hufenga. Absolutely. Nice job for them. So a guy who we thought was going to announce on Saturday but did not was Julius Irvin. 
I believe he was going to pick Notre Dame. So kind of staying with the the USC theme. I think this helps USC because I thought he was USC until about a three or four days prior to signing day, and all of a sudden, all the buzz was Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Who's going to pick Notre Dame? Washington was also involved, but I think it was going to be Notre Dame over USC, over Washington, and he decided to back off, send out a tweet saying, you know, there's a family emergency. Definitely pray for the family because there was an emergency. It wasn't just a smokescreen to delay uh, his decision. He actually, there is something going on there. So uh, prayers up for the Julius Irvin family. But again, I think he's going to now take his time, wait till February, if you have a, even a little bit of indecision, yeah. don't even, you know, don't bother signing early. Just wait. You got time. Make sure you're 100% on that decision. So Julius Urban will wait until February. Also, Panay Sewell, the big-time guard slash tackle out of Utah. And I think with him, it was just a case of he did not know. You know, yeah. it's Alabama, it's Oregon, it's Oregon, Alabama. It's right. kind of those two schools are going, going back and forth, back and forth. And he just didn't have 100% clarity on what to do. So Panay Sewell, a guy we thought might get it done early, he also will wait. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown came out with his top three, final three, which was Stanford, Notre Dame, and USC. I believe it's going to be an Army All-American game announcement there. I think it's USC. I'd be a little surprised yeah. if it's not. He's got brothers at Stanford and Notre Dame, but uh, he's got his quarterback going to USC. That's kind of the local school. That just seems to, to be a good fit for him. So... Amon Ross, St. Brown, SC, thinking USC. What are your thoughts on on Amon Ra? What do you what do you think his uh, his whole decision making process and where it goes? Well, you know, he came out with his top three, which I thought was his only three for the last uh, probably year. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate the top three, but. I think it's an SC lock. Yeah. Uh, Stanford it doesn't have the attitude that he plays with. They don't. They don't have that type of swagger. Uh, Notre Dame, I think, is a little too far for him. A little too cold for him. He wants to get the ball and some sunshine and dance <laughs> with it. I think SC's are probably a really good fit. Like you said, he's got his quarterback going there. Could have the the top tw- junior in the country going there after next year. So, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown is a Trojan. Trojans are kind of cleaning up shop a little bit on some top-notch recruits, GB. Yeah, they're doing all right. They're doing all right, USC. Uh, not to keep make, mentioning them over and over and over again, but they are still making a big push for Elijah Griffin, also a, a kid who did not sign. He's a UCLA commit, and uh, he said that's still the case, but he is taking his visits. He had a great visit to Tennessee, loved it there. He may visit Florida State. Uh, Georgia's in the mix. Alabama is in the mix. Michigan is in the mix. So he did say he's going to visit UCLA and USC. I think UCLA is going to be January 12th. That'll be big for them because they want to hold on to this guy, and they really need to hold on to this guy. Elijah, for me, is a difference maker. He's one of the elite corners nationally. The number one guy that I saw at West this year from a cornerback position, that would be big for UCLA. USC is trying to flip him. And I've always thought there was no way he was going to go anywhere other than the two Southern California schools. But after that Tennessee visit, talked to someone pretty close to the family. They said, no, he actually is open now to leaving if he finds the best spot. So Bama has a a shot. Michigan has a shot. UGA has a shot. Tennessee has a shot. We'll see. I mean, he will be a signing day decision. And right now, it looks like all those schools are all in the mix. Elijah Griffin is is, is an NFL player with his... His size, his length, his athleticism and playmaking ability. He's got terrific skills as a cover corner. It's going to be interesting. I know 
GBO, Go Big Orange, is, is, is heavy on him. I know Bama really likes him. Georgia, SC is loving him up. I got a feeling, though, he's going to stay home at UCLA, Greg. UCLA has built a great class. He's a big part of that class. She got a feeling he's gonna stay home and be a Bruin. Yeah, you think so, huh? Yeah, I do. I've seen this. I've seen this story so many times though, and usually it's USC kind of swooping in late to go for the flip. So yeah, I'll not be surprised if we see that. No, no, wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. I tell you what, UCLA needs him probably more than anybody else. Not just because you know they need some some corner depth, but I think just UCLA. If you're Chip Kelly, you kind of want to establish yourself as a as a brand. And USC right now, they're kind of the dominant brand. They can't have you flipping Malik McClain and Elijah Griffin. It just is a bad look, right? It's like yeah. it just looks like your older brother kind of comes Smacking in and takes your, you around. Yeah, you know, yeah. takes your candy, your cookie away from you, and walks out of the house. So, UCLA needs him, but uh, it's not going to be easy. How about Devin Williams still on the board? Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I mean, Oregon is the only school he's even talking about. Hasn't visited anywhere else. And that last weekend before signing day, yeah, guess where he was? He was the, at the Oregon game. He's at the Vegas Bowl. Yeah, watching Oregon, Oregon play. So right. not a lot of suspense. Obviously, schools are still trying with him, but uh I'm wondering why he didn't sign that. I Greg. think I think there might be a deal in place with ESPN. I think he's rated not in the top ten nationally by ESPN. So they might ask oh. those guys, hey, wait till signing day. We they didn't do a, I was kind of surprised ESPN, they didn't do a, a December twentieth signing day show at all. Yeah. So maybe they got a deal for Devin to sign and make a big announcement, big old at video. The Armor game. No, I thought oh, the signing day show. Eight hour signing day show. Yeah. I'm just speculating. Sure. I can't see why else Devin would, would wait right now, though. Tanner McKee is still on the board. Uh, he's got a visit to Stanford that weekend after the dead period ends, January 12th. Washington is still trying. BYU is trying like heck to keep in the keep the keep uh, keep themselves in there. Alabama, A&M, and Texas. He visited all those schools. You know, he told me A&M came in and made a really big impression. And the thing with Tanner, remember... Whoever signs him now has to still wait two years. Yeah. That letter of intent is becoming null and void when he comes back. He can go wherever he wants. That's right. So if you're a school, you're kind of wanting, because I saw people on message board say, why is AM even trying? We got no chance. Well, you know, this is going to be a three year relationship. Right. You're allowed to stay in touch with these kids on their Mormon mission. So if you're a guy, uh, you know, like a head coach for one of these schools, whether it be, you know, a coach Saban, Tosh Lupoy at Bama, whether it be Chris Peterson, uh, whether it be Jimbo Fisher at Florida State, man, you don't quit once he signs because you can still recruit him for the Absolutely. two more years. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tanner. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, if I was one of those guys, I'd be on a jet wherever he's taking his mission at. I'd go pray with him, do whatever <laughs> I need to do to get this big six foot six, 220 pound quarterback who I think is a top five draft pick one day in the NFL. There's no question about it. I've always been a big Tanner McKee guy, and his talent is seems unlimited. His ability to throw the football and, and, and get out of the pocket and run. So, uh, yeah, I do whatever I had to do. If, if I got to put a cape on, if I got to go get on my knees and pray, whatever I got to do, Tanner, to bring you into the fold, that's what I'd be doing. A couple more guys that are still out there. Uh, Solomon Tuliapupu, uh, who wasn't able to play those last two games from Notre Day, which is unfortunate because he had such a great senior season, but I had to put a had to deal with his foot and had a screw put in yeah. there. His foot basically just like split apart, Yeah, that's, that's, which is crazy, but he had a great year. Um, Usual suspects you keep hearing, uh, Oregon's involved, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, USC, uh, UCLA now was trying to make a late push too. So Solo, uh, I believe he'll be a signing day decision as well. And, you know, he seems pretty open. I always kind of thought USC was a school for him. And that was a school he kind of grew up for with the family. Again, he goes to modern day. So modern day has been a nice little pipeline. But 
You know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think he generally is open to some of those other schools, Ohio State, Notre Dame. And like I said, UCLA is trying to make a late push too. So watch out for Solo. Uh, Merlin Robertson, watch out for ASU. I know AP loves him. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Pierce is now the new linebacker coach at Arizona yeah. State. So That's interesting. We'll see what kind of... Uh, Impact that has, but you gotta under, you gotta know AP's probably gonna look at some of his guys at Poly, Shari Crosswell and Jermaine Lowley, a couple guys I know that he likes, and yeah, he likes he likes Merlin Robertson a lot. Right now, Merlin kind of being slow played. I think uh, the only two schools that came in for home visits were Illinois, yeah, with Hardy Nickerson and BYU. That was it. I think Oklahoma filled up, Oregon dropped out, LSU kind of dropped out, yeah. Um, so. Man, a school like ASU can come in yeah. and get a steal with Merlin. I think that's a big-time steal. Yeah. Uh, they're a team. They need some linebackers, especially a guy of Merlin's caliber with his size, his contact ability in, in terms of hitting, um, and his ability to rush the passer off the edge. No, that'd be a great pickup for ASU. Like you said, Coach Pierce is really high on him. Uh, that'd be a great fit for the Sun Devils out in the Valley of the Sun playing yeah. in the Pac-12. I'm excited to see AP recruiting out here and see what kind of impact he can have in that Southern California area. Yeah. Isaac Taylor Stewart from Helix still on the board. He did get a visit to A&M, and he still loves A&M despite the coaching change over there. Uh, he will visit Georgia. He will visit Alabama, and he will visit USC. Also, is going to be playing in the Polynesian All-American Bowl on January 20th, so it's going to be kind of hard for him to fit all those trips in. Sure. Because that bowl game happens to be during one of those big three uh, open weekends. So it's, as we it's. refer to him, ITS, it's, is uh, I'm intrigued. I know a lot of people just assume USC because it's the local school, but I, I really honestly think he he's open to some of those other schools, Georgia and A&M especially. So I would not call him a lock for anywhere. Jalen Hall, Long Beach Poly, still yeah. on the board. Yeah. Only taken one official visit so far, Oregon. He told me he's going to visit Georgia. And you have to assume probably ASU will make a make a run at him mm-hmm. uh, if they choose. I was that that'll be a choice by the offensive staff at ASU. I know uh, Washington State is still involved with Jalen, so a few other schools. But um, right now, Jalen Hall in no hurry at all to decide. But Oregon, I know, um, is pushing the hardest. Yeah, they had a home visit with him, and, and really is pushing hard. And then uh, up in Northern California, Tyler Manoa was supposed to sign January 20th at the Polynesian Bowl. He's a big-time D-tackle up in Northern California. But he got a dream offer from Oregon, and he wants to take that visit. So he's going to visit Utah and Oregon Mm. in January. And no longer announced on January 20th, he's going to announce January 31st. I think most people believe that UCLA is the leader for him. Okay. Um, D-tackle, again, he kind of fits what they want to do. Probably has an outside guy. Yeah. You know, he's a big 6'4", 6'5", guy. Yeah. 280. Yeah. So that outside DA guy. Yeah. Yeah. But Oregon will make a, make a big push. And then obviously Utah has had great success up front with Lyman. Sure. So uh, those are the final three. And January 31st will be uh, it for him. And then also interesting, Coach Keith. So Nebraska with Coach Frost made a, a handful of offers on Christmas Day. All of them to receivers. Andre Hunt, Solomon Enos, Dillon Hurt, and John Jackson all got offers from Nebraska on Christmas. So interesting to kind of see Nebraska is making a big push. And uh, as we're speaking right now, Jarrett Bell sent me a a DM that uh, Nebraska offered him as well. He's going to visit out there. So Nebraska with Coach Frost is trying to keep that little 
You know, there's that Calabrasca. People say oh, it's going to be over now that there's no more, you know, Dante Williams, Keyshawn Johnson crew is not there anymore. But they look like they still want to make a big push and recruit Southern California pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, in their heyday, Nebraska's heyday, you know, half their squad was from California. You can imagine they want to dip into Southern California, grab them some skilled talent, grab them some bigs up front. Yeah. Jared Bell's a big-time player, a former Alabama commit. Uh, you talked about those receivers. Solomon Enos, I'm really high on out of Arizona. Son of uh, Curtis Enos, yep. the former Penn State superstar. And then, uh, of course, you said John Jackson the third. So, hey, Scott Frost getting his knuckles dirty, climbing into the West Coast, climbing into Southern California, trying to steal him some players. Yeah, I think Troy Walters is the receiver coach. Really? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he was with him. At South Florida, okay. And from what I heard, I didn't check the roster, but I thought he, t- he every single coach came with him. So Troy was at Colorado when he recruited West Coast Southern California at Colorado. So obviously Troy's got great Southern California ties. Sure. So even though they didn't recruit a whole lot of Southern California players in their couple years at South Florida, Troy Walters is definitely familiar with the area. Yeah. So if he's the receiver coach in Nebraska, it just makes sense he's going to come back out here. And I've always said, man, players from Southern California, they'll leave. You know, usually you see players in Texas, they want to stay in Texas or go to Oklahoma. Yeah. Players in Florida, they, they would love to stay in the state of Florida, you know, one of the big three schools. But South, Southern California kids, unless you're a diehard USC guy, maybe a UCLA guy, they will leave. Yeah. They'll go, they'll have no problem going. Because unfortunately, people just, they're not as passionate about football out here. Yeah. Whereas they go out, you know, another part of the world, they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, these people 90, die for it. fans for a spring game. Yeah, right. You don't get 90,000 90, fans out here for, for a real goal. game, more or less a spring game. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So that is it for me for recruiting and signing day recap. How about, did we leave one at Brendan Buki Radley House? Oh, yeah. I guess we talked about Book. Right? Yeah. He's going to be an Army game this stage. I kind of forgot about him because kind of, kind of out of sight, out of mind with him being at IMG. I think Oklahoma, you know, that's where TJ signed. Yeah. I know Oklahoma, Florida State, he took a visit the same weekend that Jaden did. Sure. UCLA is still trying like heck. I think there's a four school. Clemson was the four school. Yeah. We saw Brendan, uh, Brenda, Mrs. Yeah. Uh, Riley Hiles, um, tweeted that foursome out. That's the microphone that just drilled me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think Bookie's Oklahoma. That's my my guess, my oh, feel. Yeah. I think if uh, if UCLA had hired uh, Dante or, or kept coaching me, I think UCLA might have had a chance. And it's not that Coach Rhodes isn't a great coach, but mm. I just think he's got more comfortability yeah. at Oklahoma versus the other three schools right now. I don't know. You know the family pretty well. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm with UGB. I think Oklahoma and UCLA are probably neck and neck. It's gonna. I think it's gonna really come down to that decision. I don't think Buki will probably know until the morning of that Army All American game where he's gonna make his decision. But uh, even if he makes a decision there, Is that over? Be, yeah, it may not be. <laughs> be cognizant that yeah. he may change his mind come signing day. Uh, love, love Book, love the family. I've known him for you know thirty years of my thirty-seven years of living, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be between Oklahoma and UCLA, but like you said, I think Oklahoma's in a good spot. But don't 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 sleep on the Bruins. They still are pushing Oklahoma for that top spot. So Buki, Buki Brendan Radley Howe set to announce at the Army All-American game. And, and just, you know, we kind of did a, a signing day recap in terms of top players, but for those interested in team rankings right now, uh, 24-7 Sports actually has Washington as the number one school in the Pac-12. They're, they're, uh, they're number one USC Oregon, UCLA, and Washington State is kind of the surprise team in the top five. So that's the top five for the Pac-12. So 
I like that Husky class a lot. It's got the two quarterbacks, yeah. got some speed at receiver, yeah. some beef up front, doing really well with the Polynesian kids as they always do. And obviously, headliner for me is probably Brandon Caho. Getting him as a late flip was huge. Like USC is positioned really well, though. USC has just 13 commits, and Washington has 19. So if you want to go, you know, the whole average star rating, USC yeah. is number one. Right. But the Huskies, great job. Wasn't that long ago that Oregon had the number one class in, in the, the nation country. in basketball and football? Right, I remember. But they lost, you know, a handful yeah. of guys. Yeah, Brendan Lindsay, a couple other players. Spencer Webb hasn't signed. Elijah yeah. Winston hasn't signed. Elijah Winston is interesting. You know, USC sent him an offer on signing day, and he says he's going to visit USC. Um, he's got three schools he wanted to visit. I think he mentioned Washington State and maybe ASU. Yeah. Uh, UCLA is involved there. Don Pelham, the new backer coach, sure. actually recruited Lamar to yeah. go to Oregon. But uh, yeah, the Ducks have some competition to hold on to Elijah Winston and also Spencer Webb. Ironically, Florida State offered yeah. Spencer Webb. So some people are bitter. Hey, you know, Taggart shouldn't be offering our former commits. But uh, listen, yeah, that's recruiting, right? Doggy yeah. dog. You kidding me? I mean, I didn't see Oregon fans upset when Taggart was offering commits from. Uh, South Florida. South Florida two years ago, yeah, right? Please. So was... that that was all fair, love and war. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, this is that's kind of how it is. Yeah, no, that's weak. Uh, hey, Elijah Winston, you come to my town, Southern California. You better holler at me, E. Wentz. That's my guy. We spent some time this offseason. He's a good kid. So, no, GB, that's a great job with recruiting, man. You, I mean, you've got it all wrapped up. Does anybody work harder in the game of recruiting than the GOAT, Greg Biggins? It's a reason probably, why, probably. It's a reason why you've been around for 20-plus years oh, doing what you do, man. I'm not sure that's a compliment or a, what, what am I doing? I sh- I'm on pause. <laughs> Somebody, I'm paused, hit the pause button. Get me off this. I'm no, doing- man, I think, I think you're good and ready to go, man. So, no, we really appreciate you, man. I, man, you talk about getting kept up and sped up and informed. GB is the guy. He's going to keep you in the loop. We're going to move along. GB, we got a new sleeper of the week. We can call this guy sleeper of the year. Are you ready? I think it fits because not only has he been slept on all year, he's one of the best players that we saw every game all year long. So this is a perfect, appropriate guy for sleeper of the year. Let's move to our sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. So our Sleeper of the Week this week comes from Modern Day High School. An absolute terror on the defensive line. Terror. Nathan Logaleo. A smart man's Teddy Bruschi. That's what I like to call him. Okay. Maybe 5'11". Maybe. But, man, the kid is an animal off the edge. Terrific quickness. Compact power. Explosiveness inside, outside, and through the chest of an offensive tackle. Terrific spin move. 
relentless chasing down quarterbacks. Nathan Logaleo is a big time player. Somebody is listening to the show, GB. One of those college coaches, they're going to give this guy a chance and an opportunity at the next level. I really, really do believe that. This kid's a big-time player, man. I, I mean, why, why hasn't it happened already? I mean, obviously, people know who he is. Sure. He was the OC Registers Defensive Player of the Year. Jesse Sapolo, who was pretty well connected, has been hyping the guy all year long, pushing him sure. out. Marte's pushing him out. Yeah. We're pushing him out now, but I mean, he's not... Most of our sleepers... People don't really know that much about. Sure. This can I get it? He's five eleven on a good day. What what'd you say his weight was? Or what'd you 230? 230. I was yeah. gonna say two forty, but he's probably closer to two thirty five. Two twenty-five. But man, he plays I like the Teddy Bridge. I was gonna say just in terms of his relentless style, yeah. Grant Wistrom. Okay. Complete different body structures. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, throw yeah. that out. Yeah, just yeah, mean, sure. I just remember Grant off that edge, yeah. being a Nebraska guy, which we sure. both were growing up. Yeah. Just the relentlessness the off energy. the edge, the energy, yeah. just the, doesn't take a play off. He's yeah. so multiple moves, right? I've seen the spin. Yeah. I've seen them jack guys. I've seen yeah. him go around the edge on them. Yeah. Plays the run. He, he's strong as heck. Yeah. I, I'm sure people see him as being kind of maxed out. Yeah. Which that's the thing when it comes to recruiting. It's not what you do now. Yeah. It's what they see and what you'll be in three to four years from now. It's sure. projection upside. Yep. I preach those two words like the gospel. Yeah. Projection and upside. And they may not see a ton but at the end of the day, there has to be room for a guy who just makes plays, just makes football plays. You know, being a former college coach, Greg, there's one thing that stands out in this particular situation with Nathan. If you're coaching defensive line, let's say you're at Idaho State or you're at Weber State, it's very, very difficult to take your job and put your job on the line and walk up to your head coach mm. and say, hey, coach. I'm going to put my job on the line for this 5'10", 5'11", 225, 230-pound defensive end. Now, I'm not saying the kid can't play at the next level. I think he can. What I am saying is it's very difficult to put your family's meals, your kids' Christmas presents on the line and say, I'm going to take this 5'11", defensive end. Now, if you've got nothing to lose, like myself, or yourself, GB, yeah, you can stand on the table all day. But these guys have families to feed. And the safe bet is for them to say, you know what, I'm going to say take this 6'2", six, 6'3", six, guy with some length on that edge before I take this 5'11", kid. So I get it, I understand, but I truly believe deep down in my heart that somebody is going to give this kid an opportunity to play at the next level. I had a defensive tackle coming out of high school and I was coaching at Compton High. Ryan Walker, he was five foot nine, mm. 250 pounds. Could not get, I mean, kid was dominant. All CIF player two years in a row. Dominant, could not be blocked. But nobody gave him a shot. He went to junior college, was dominant, Greg. Ended up getting a scholarship offer to Murray State. He may have to go the junior college route. Yeah. You might have to prove yourself against multiple 300 pounders at the next level of junior college. You might have to do that, Nathan. But if that's what you got to do, then that's what you do yeah. to earn that scholarship. So just a quick reference and a, and a quick backstory that uh, proved out positive to one of my guys that I used to coach with, you know, whether it's from high school to Division One or two, or if it's high school to junior college to the Division One or two level, Nathan, I think you can do it. Keep your head up. Keep grinding. It's there for you. Go get it. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think it's crazy. A lot of times you see a player go to a JC for a year, and he's kind of the same guy, but his recruitment like quadruples from yeah. where he was at in high school. And mm-hmm. you're going, dude, this guy was not for Nathan, but for just other players. Going, this guy was just a guy in high school, and then he has 20 offers. It's because you go to a JC for a year, and schools actually see you competing against other, you know, post high school. That's right. And and all of a sudden, you, you just see offers come, and you're going, wow, I'm shocked this guy is getting recruited that heavily. Yeah. But that could definitely, hopefully, happens for Mr. Lagaleo. He's uh, well-deserving. I wonder if he'll get some preferred walk-on offers as well. You know, Cal's always recruited modern-day hard, and Blake McMorris was one of my favorite players back in high school. Mount McMorris. Yeah, big boy. He's part of the rotation at, at Cal. Yeah, he's he doing is. big things no at question. Cal. And he was a dominant high school player, but people just thought too short. A little too short to play. Same thing with Lagaleo. But no, great choice. Sleeper of the year. Also a state champion. Also a state champion. And player bad. of the year in the Orange Counties. Yeah, Defensive player of the year. So. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this show. We appreciate you for joining us. Please be listening for Friday's show. We're going to be going reviewing the all-transparent truth team, me and my guy GB. Can't wait to get that done. Got some big-time ballers who made the list. Mindset over skill set. GB, that brings us to a close. Mindset over skills. We should probably try to copyright that. Yeah, I need to coin that phrase. Ain't no I think so. About. Because at the end of the day, man, that's what makes great football players at the next level. Yeah, ain't Mindset no doubt about it. Skills. I like that a lot. No doubt about it. So we appreciate you joining us. Please follow us on social media. You know the drops. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.